This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the besotted Pride of West London end of season podcast, and we're. Soon there, actually, you can tell. <laughs> I pressed the can button a little bit early there, Yay! and we're coming from the world famous Cross Keys Pub in Stamford Brook. Yay! I'm Billy Grant. Boom. It's <laughs> <laughs> waiting for that one. And what a mad season it's been! It's been, well, as an animated Noddy Holder said, it almost went to the wire with the bees falling at Beecher's Brook up in Barnsley. As per usual, we've a plethora of characters here in the studio. Whatever. It's a studio. (laughs) For our final podcast of the proper season. This is the proper season, isn't it? Yeah, it's a proper season. We'll be discussing all sorts from our favourite games to our top player of the season to even our wanky moment, you know. Uh, We'll be recording a a couple of shows in the close season uh, in and around the transfer action. If there is any transfer action, there may not be any. And we'll be doing our radio show as well on Thursday, still at nine o'clock on Love Sport Radio for the foreseeable future. So you can check us out then. Apart from this week. Other than this week, because we're going to be doing it on Friday this week, because we're going to be at the Football Blogging Awards, and you can catch that actually streaming live on Sky as well, if, you're, if you can be that bored on Thursday night, from about sort of 7, 7.30 at night, live on Sky, the Football Blogging Awards, and we've been nominated as a podcast. And so you can check it out, go to the Sky website and try and find it somehow, and they'll be streaming the, the award show. It's actually meant to be quite, um, it's at Ali Pali, and it's going to be quite a lot of fun. But anyway, coming back to it, we want to say, like I said, You've heard all the assembled characters here. They're all very excited, cheering and doing all sorts of stuff. But in addition to assembled characters, we are delighted to have with us a very special guest. In the studio with us today, we have Brentford left-back Ilias Chatsy Theodoridis. Actually... He, he's not really here. Uh, this is it's a, bit, it's a bit of a wind rush moment, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> Ilias, how you doing, my man? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Listen, kalo sorry, steso parti me bisotit, kala napernas. Yes, very nice. Kalo sorry, steso parti kala napernas. Nice. Is that, is, uh, uh, tell me, mark, marks out of ten for my for my Greek. How, um, how many marks? 
give one seven. Hey, it's not bad. That's not bad at all, like you know. And and can you uh, <laughs> and can you translate for everybody out there who's not as fluent as me in Greek? No. Uh, translate the what did you say? Yes. Kalos oristes do party. Welcome to the party. Can I get Having a good time. (laughs) Precisely, exactly what I said. So listen, that's right, exactly what I said. So listen, we're all the besotted crew in the house here, and welcomed Ilias to the party. We welcomed the besotted crew to the party because we're going to have an absolutely teething, tremendous time tonight. Like I said, I'm Billy Greepy. I'm Billy the Beat Grant here. (laughs) And beside me, I've got Mr. Dave Lady Lane. How you doing, mate? I'm all right. At least I know my own name. (laughs) I'm I'm good. I'm glad the season's finished. Um, Great to see. Here tonight, um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice, nice little gathering we have here in the Cross Keys. So, uh, yeah, let's have a knees up. Are you gonna have a knees up? Knees up, up. do it at the last game of the season every season. We always do, we all get together, we have a good laugh, we have a good few parts of pride and whatever else we do, and it's all good. On to the right of you, I've got Robin Hood, the Robin Hood, yeah. How you doing? I'm not too bad, thanks, Bill. Thanks very much for having me. So, it's all good, mate. Are you you, you look a bit nervous actually? I'm nervous because. I don't know what I'm going to do without Brentford football live at Griffin Park for the next three months. Actually, I mean, there's there's the um, oh, I the, oh, no, there's no, there's the World Cup to keep us entertained. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a good season. Uh, it's been an entertaining season. I'm yeah, looking forward to the next one already. Okay, well, you could loosen up a little bit, mate. You know, if you a couple of pints, then you might feel a little bit better after that. <laughs> drink, 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 drink responsibly. What we would say as well, right? Yeah, we got my man as well. We got, we got very famous on the radio show on a Thursday night as well. Aaron loves him. Edward the Headwood. How you doing? I'm all good, thank you, Bill, a.k.a. John Hartson, repping rep in the house. Um, it's nice to be back and end of season do, swapping from radio to podcast, but it's always good to have a couple of beers with all the, with all the crew. Is it difficult swapping from radio to you know, podcast? I mean, you're sort of multi, sort of, you know, you're multifaceted now, aren't you? Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm quite good at talking absolute garbage. So, uh, yeah, good, good to be in either place. Excellent, excellent. We need a lot of garbage on this show anyway. We've got Ian, the Westbrook, actually. He does every week, brilliant, or every week for the home games, he always does the, the preview. The away game preview as well. So Ian is full of facts and figures and he might be throwing in a few facts and figures tonight. Ian, how are you doing? Fine, Billy. Thanks for having me here. Looking forward to a good evening and uh, the summer and the World Cup and a bit of cricket as well. Oh, oh you, and, you, and the, you and the Liberal need to go in the corner and start chatting and stuff like that. You know? so, that's right. Yeah. we got Gaz. Gaz. Gaz is in the house. Gary, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Bill. Not too bad. As I say, missing the old um, Brentford already. It's only been, what, 10 days? But no games. What are we going to do? I'm sure you'll get over it, mate. I'm sure you get over it. We've got the Ristic. The Ristic's always in the house. The Ristic, he's, he's always there sort of behind the scenes and every now and he pops up there again on the, particularly on the um, post-match podcast with his, with his views and uh, post-match. And it, it talks a load of rubbish a lot of the time, like the rest of us do, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what happened. No, that's what happens in post-match because it's from the top of our head. We just talk it, but the, the day afterwards, we think about it and think, actually, maybe I'm going to have a slightly different view on that. Is that right? As always, Bill, it's a matter of opinion. And yeah, your, your views are your views and my views are my views. But yeah, absolutely brilliant to be here tonight in great company. Looking forward to the rest of the evening. Indeed, indeed. And we've also got Ali Malali in the house. Ali, how are you doing? I've just slunk in like a spring, uh, pink ninja. I'm very well, thank you. A little bit late, but better late than never. Yeah, but you've got a big glass of wine in front I've of you so you're a big, and a big smile on your face, which is good. Yes, happy to be here. 
Indeed. We're happy to have you too. We've got the Liberal Nick. He's come down on his combine harvester from the West Country. The Liberal, how are you? I'm good, Bill, because I'm not having to use the combine for the next couple of weeks. You know, harvest, harvest time is coming up. But, and hopefully get it done before the pre-season games, pre-season games start. So it should be all right there. Fingers crossed on that one. We've got the amazing Gemma in the house. Gemma, how are you? I'm oh, very well, thank you. Um, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm happy that the season is over. Um, I'm going to get bored of it being over in about probably three days. But for the minute, I'm enjoying the little bit of rest. OK, you look very relaxed as well. We've got the Allard. The Allard is in the house. Matt Allard, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good evening. Um, yes, um, I guess the season is over. I, I sort of still did a bit of football at the weekend. Last weekend, went to see my local team who got knocked out of, well, lost in the playoffs. Well, that's all too familiar, isn't it? Oh, you mean Hampton? <laughs> <laughs> you mean Hampton? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hampton, yeah. In a penalty shootout. A penalty shootout. Well, we're not, yeah, we just, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. That's right. So, so there's a lot of unhappiness, but there's not a lot of unhappiness going on here, like I said to you. Um, but listen... Let's just crack on here because, like I said, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. It's all going to get a little bit frivolous, a little bit jokey. We're not going to be doing the sort of the match, you know, looking at games and moaning about what the players did or didn't do the week before. We're going to be looking back at the season, the high points of the season, the low points of the season and other things. And also we've got my man Ilias in the house here and we're going to be chatting to him about all sorts of stuff. Um, except about going back to Greece because we're not going to be talking about that whatsoever at all. But anyway, <laughs> but listen, what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the beginning of the season. You remember, it was early August. Everyone was very, very excited because we had a brilliant, brilliant end of the season last season. We thought that we we're going to be world beaters. We we're going to beat everybody this season. So we got people to write down and write articles on besotted.com, give their predictions on exactly how they think Brentford were going to do this season. And we just thought it might be quite interesting to go back through these predictions and see exactly how they did do. The Allard, do you remember how you did? How you predicted? Um, yeah, I think I said we wouldn't quite make the playoffs. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that was quite accurate, wasn't it? <laughs> Can you say precisely where do you thought we came? Uh, seventh. We thought we came seventh, yeah. And uh, your low of last season was the whinging and the moaning. Is that still the same? Um, I wouldn't say it was the low. I think I, th- I think it's actually got a bit better this season. I think there's a bit less of it. So I think people have become to sort of you know understand where we are and what we are. So yeah, a bit. bit I don't think that would be my low this season, no. And do you remember there's one thing as well when we asked you, you know, which teams would actually kind of uh, wouldn't do the business? You said Villa. Well, no, I you, said you, no, no, no. no. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I said I said Aston Villa wouldn't finish in the top two. Yes, you did say. Villa. And so I was can't, right. Can't see them finishing in the top two. So very accurate. <laughs> uh, and also, the, what topic do you most look forward to discussing in the Pride of West London podcast this season? You said Dean Smith when the team are sitting comfortably mid-table in October and people, Liberal Nick, are calling for his sacking because they think we should be in the top two. Very accurate then. <laughs> we'll come back to you on that one a little bit later, the Liberal. Um, there's other people. Laney. Do you remember what your prediction was? Um, I thought we would be in the playoffs. I wasn't a mil- I don't think I was a million miles away, if I'm honest with you. I think I thought we'd have a solid season. We did. Um, we we you played- said you said fifth. Yeah, we well we almost we toyed with fifth, didn't we? We could up until the Barnsley game, we could have finished fifth. So my prediction went until the penultimate weekend of the, which I'm quite happy with. I don't think I got all my other predictions strictly right, but but I, I thought no, I thought it was a brilliant season. I think we played 
great football week in, week out. Um, we know we know what caught us out. It was the first first month or so of the season. Apart from that, we were consistent. We played we played good football, wicked football, every week of the year. And um, fifth, yeah, it wasn't a million miles away. And what team did you predict was going to do worse than the pundits? Thought? Yeah, I just looked over your shoulder. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I said Wolves didn't stand a chance, did they? <laughs> Um, I did, did Wo- I Wolves, exactly? Wolves will realise again that big spending doesn't guarantee anything at all. Some of these clubs will never learn, <laughs> which is a good thing for us. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, some of the other clubs that have spent big failed. Now, Wolves, fair play to them. They, they, they've been in a different league um, all season. I th- yeah, well, they are now. You know, um, Espirito Santo, you know, he's, he's had a, an amazing first, first year in the game. And, uh, you know, the, the players that they brought in is, you know, they're, they're, they are Premier League players. So who, who, was to, who was to guess that they're big spending ultimately? But they've wasted a lot of money in the last half a decade, mate. Yeah, the, the, the LR, I'll pass it on to you because I think you might have to interview me because it'd be fun fair if I don't, you know. So, so Bill, let's, let's start with the accurate. Um, what team will do, did you think would do far worse than the pundits predict? Well, first of all, I thought we were going to finish fourth, which I mean, I was very, ex- very excited and I was a little bit out there, but I thought at the end of the season, how we finished off, I thought we'd do all right. And to be fair, we were only but what, three points off playoffs and if we'd won a couple of extra games, you know, but it doesn't really work like that, does it? We were never going to finish fourth. Anyway, that's not the point. Anyway, so I, I was going to come to that actually, yeah. but anyway, so let's go back to where you were accurate. Team, what team did you think we're going to do worse than the pundits predict? As I said, Sunderland, uh, they'll come down to Worth with a bump. You've got to say that was pretty spot on. You gave the um, you, you said Borough and Norwich were the two best sides on paper in the league. <laughs> I, I did say that at the time. I think I was sort of kind of I was flustered a little bit at the time. It was a little bit hot, you know, the summer holidays. So I said, yeah, I said it was Borough and Norwich. And in the end, I said Norwich are the two. Everyone's going for um, they were going for Borough and they were going for probably Sunderland. And I said it's going to be Norwich. Norwich are the team that everyone's going to watch because they're the danger team. And they weren't, were they? They were probably one of the dullest teams. They were quite bad. They were. They had the Farker factor, didn't they? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Indeed. But listen, the Liberal, Nick, we're going to come to you as well here, actually. Do you remember where you thought we were going to finish? Yeah, I, I was like Mr Lane. I thought we'd finish in the playoffs, and we almost did finish in the playoffs. And you uh, say so how the bees will... Uh, do you remember when you said how, how the bees will do? Yeah, I said I said we'd finish in the playoffs, and we almost finished in the playoffs. There are no runaway favourites like in previous seasons. Um, to be to be fair to you, the Ian Holloway Trophy, which is the trophy for basically uh, you know doing much better than anyone thought they're going to do, you uh, you were spot on there, weren't you? Was I? I can't remember who. Was you there. said that Millwall. I think Neil yeah. Harris is one of the best yeah. young managers in the league. So I, I think you were spot on with that. Yeah. You know, and um, I've got an eye for talent, Bill. I've got an eye for talent. Well, saying that actually, that's yeah. That's, <laughs> but saying that, you know, on the flip side of it, which team will do far worse than the pundits predict? Um, do you remember who you said? Birmingham. People think Wolves will do something <laughs> because they've spent money. Personally, I think the club and its supporters have been ripped off by one particular agent. Well, that's my, that's my agent rant, and I still stand with that. I still reckon that if Wolves hadn't had that agent working with them, not for them, with them, important for the lawyers there, I reckon they still would, they wouldn't have gone up this time. Indeed, indeed. Listen, Ali Malali. Indeed, indeed. No, 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 no. Ali, Ali Malali. Um, you, you were very enthusiastic. Do you remember when you said you were going to finish? <laughs> 
<laughs> very, very enthusiastic there. And uh, what, what you say to you, um, the player that we... To be fair, I was very impressed with the player that you said we signed. When we said to you, if we could sign one female player to the Brentford team, a female player, who should we sign? Do you remember? I you said that we should sign Fran, Fran Kirby from yes. Chelsea, who scored an absolutely teething, tremendous goal for the in the FA Cup, uh, the Women's FA Cup final as well. Right you know? yeah, you right <laughs> which is all good as well. Um, like I said to you, Gemma, as well. Let's let's go on, let's go on the wildly optimistic thing as well. We're not going to bring you know we're not going to bring sex into it as well. Like to say wildly optimistic female because that will be just kind of like you know. <laughs> I'll just say wildly optimistic. Okay. I'm not and, sure what you meant. We talking about being wildly optimistic That's about sex. So what did you... So, uh, okay. And then, let's talk about that later. Um, where did you say we were going to come? Well, now, I, now I, I, did, I did say third, but I did say third if we don't sell half our team in the transfer window. So I reckon that could have been true. It doesn't, doesn't really work like that, does it? <laughs> oh, come on, give me something. The, to be fair, the Ian Holloway trophy as well, you and the Liberal must have also been talking in close season because you also said that Millwall are going to do a lot better than everyone thought they were going to do, which is fair enough. But the team that you said is going to do a lot worse, who is it? Uh, yeah, no, Villa. Yeah, I fell in that trap and all. Uh, there you go. But to be fair, Villa were quite rubbish for a lot of the season, to be fair. They just came good at the end. But anyway, that's no excuse. It's, 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 it's at the end of the table that counts. Ian Westbrook, do you remember where you said you were going to finish? I said we finished sixth. Oh, yeah, on the edge there, aren't you? On the edge there. And the, yeah, and the, and, the, and, the, and the Ian Holloway Trophy, do you remember who you said was going to get that? can't remember who I said. Well, it's an interesting, you said Forrest with Mark Warburton to show he knows what is required of the championship. <laughs> I got that wrong, didn't I? <laughs> and the worst team you said, do you remember that was? Did I say Sunderland? I you did say that. Sunderland, so you got that right. Hooray. Um, other than that, you know, there's a few other people, like I said to you, Jim Levax, he said we're going to finish second or maybe fourth, like, you know. Lord Lucan said we're going to finish eighth. Um, Bruce On said we're going to finish fifth. But Greville, the water man, and he's not here today, but I've got to say, talk about somebody who's completely and utterly enthusiastic, excited, happy about everything like that. Greville said there's no way we're not going to finish anywhere less than first. <laughs> so if anyone got it wrong, Jesus. I think Greville... Yeah. yeah, he took a few happy pills that, that day when he, when he wrote that article, I think. Listen, we've got Ilias here as well, and I know it's easy for you to say, because obviously you didn't write it down like the rest of us, so there's no evidence. But we're going to just say, roughly, where did you think Brentford have done? You know, did they do all right? Did they do better than you thought, worse than you thought? What position did you think they're going to come at the start of the season? Uh, I think how I started uh, the season, how I was, I was watching the score, it was, it, was, it was really strong and really good, so... I was uh, expecting to be in the playoffs, at least in the playoffs. So I think uh, they done really well in the end of the season because we have some ups down in the middle of the season. That's why it took us, I think, out of the playoffs. But otherwise, I think the last games they done very well, and I think if the season would have finished, would be in the playoffs. That with this performance, it would be in the playoffs. Okay, so we should have been in the playoffs. But we weren't in the playoffs. Yeah. So you basically you're just like the rest of us, aren't you? You you've got you've got absolutely no idea, do you? <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course, all right. But you but you know how to wing it like the rest of us. See, listen, this podcast stuff is really easy, isn't it? Like just open up the microphone, you just say whatever you want to. Like as we say, Ristic, we just talk a load of nonsense for ages, you know what I'm saying? And then and then you just change it the following day. It's brilliant. It's it's, it's quite good this. Do you want do you want to come on every week? 
Oh, no problem. Hey. <laughs> Listen, we're going to come back to a little bit more of the podcast and we're going to be talking about our favourite bits of the season, our worst bits of the season, other stuff after this little twang. So we're talking about the season now and the first question I'm going to be asking around the table here is what was the biggest surprise of the year for you? Anybody? Ali Malali. I would say Chris Meppham coming into the first team and being the best centre-half in that first team by some distance. Oh, oh not very... Just, not so much a surprise coming in, but being the best centre-half by some distance. Oh, oh, very good. The Liberal Nick. The biggest surprise of the season for me was how bad Birmingham were. I really did think that Birmingham would do a lot better, particularly given that they nicked half our first team. Um, in the in the transfer window, um, and their performance was appalling. You know what what that was down to. God only knows. That that cost you a few quid, didn't it, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> the lady. No, I was going to say exactly that. I, I'm I'm surprised how shit Birmingham were and didn't go down. You know, I'm surprised that there were some teams down there that tried to get relegated more than, than more than Birmingham in the end. You know, but. Barnsley were they could have got they could have got out of that any any week and they did, they just didn't so you've got to be properly awful now to go down. Uh, I mean I'm going to say just briefly one of my big surprises is actually Fulham didn't go up because I thought they're going to go up automatically and they didn't so it was a, it was, it was a nice surprise actually. Um, I, I think my biggest surprise actually was how good Millwall were because I I unlike Nick I watched them in the playoffs last season I thought they were terrible and they somehow you know got got through it and. Um, and I was completely gobsmacked that they finished above us in the league. I could never have thought that would happen. Uh, yeah, just for me, uh, I, th- I thought the performance that Barnsley put in when we went up there, they out-tackled, out-jump, out-fought us in all matches. And if, if, if they put that performance in every day of the week, they should have been well above going down. The actual physical surprise where I actually jumped out on my skin because I didn't expect it to happen was Neil Morpay scoring at Fulham because I, ju- <laughs> I, I, I actually thought that, that they'd won the game and we weren't going to get a chance and all of a sudden the whole of that the whole of the Putney end at Fulham just went into meltdown and um, Morpay headed headed that goal and got knocked up into the roof of the net and and you know that it was it was stunning so that, that was a, a big surprise I thought I thought they won the game another surprise is some of the bigger teams in our league that we finished above Leeds hey. Sheffield Wednesday Forest yeah. we could do wall uh, not wall I'm going to ask a question we, were, you, were you really surprised about them Leeds yeah. and Sunderland that wasn't really a surprise was it Champions of Europe after watching all the games that I've watched as well this season, home and away as well, uh, it's great to see how well we have done all season long. And that's the point I make. Oh. I think what has surprised me is how dominant we were in our games. Like, yeah. There's just so many games where we had 65 70% possession, although we didn't get the results. But there were a lot of teams that just couldn't cope with us. And as you said, these teams that spent so much money and we were passing the ball around them with ease. Ilias, I mean, listen, you played for Cheltenham, so it's a different scenario, so you, you didn't see a long time playing for Brentford. I'm just wondering, what was the biggest surprise for you as a player, maybe this season, one of the biggest surprises for you? Uh, in, for me in Cheltenham, uh, I think it was a surprise for me to go out my first on loan and uh, play the whole games until the end of the season. So I was really pleased with that. Well, 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 well done. Yeah, well done, mate. Um, it's always interesting because you say that you're surprised. Also, you, you seem a little bit proud as well. 
Yeah, of course I'm proud because uh, it was at the start it was really hard for me to get uh, understand the game, the look to football. So as soon as I start playing a few games and I understand more the game, it was pretty well for me and I was really happy with that and for myself. And I've got to ask you, I mean, what we're talking about it because we're going to come back to the questions as well, but, you know, you're on, on, the, on the tip as well and everyone throw in as well. How different is it? Because, you know, you've talked about the fact you've got to Cheltenham, you're just proud that you actually managed to start playing some games and getting there, but how difficult is it? Because you're obviously playing a lot of B-team planes and you've also played a few Brentford games, particularly at the beginning of this season and I think at the back uh, last season as well. How different is it? I mean, you're week in and week out. Yeah, it was really hard to move from the B-team to... The professional football, uh, even with Bradford, the few games I played in the cup games and after to move to Cheltenham, it was really different and the physical, the fitness and everything was uh, higher and the table of the games was higher. So that's why I said at the start of the few games, it was really hard for me. But after I started understanding the game and it was really good and I feel very very good and more like physical and more fitness now. And, and what kind of football do they play at Cheltenham? Are they sort of quite a, a, an up and under? Are they kind of physical team or do they pass the ball, ball around and play and play football? Uh, I I see I've, I've, a lot of League Two teams. Uh, they they wasn't really playing the football on the floor. They was playing long balls and try to play in the other end of the pitch. So I was uh, really happy because uh, with Cheltenham we was trying play more in the middle and then create the chance at the front. So I was really happy because I feel that's my style of the game. It's not the long balls and a lot of challenges in the air. Nicky, all right, we're going to come back and chat to you a little bit more because it's all very, very interesting. But we, we need to find out a little bit more about the Brentford season as well. So we're going to be going around the table again and we're going to ask, because obviously for us, the season finished a little bit early. Um, what would have happened if the season finished two weeks longer? Does anyone have any thoughts about this at all? The Allard. We'd have finished seventh if I'd have been spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? I think Reading would have got relegated if the season was two weeks longer. Um, and I think, yeah, I think Allard's right. I, don't, I still don't think we... I think we peaked just before Teasers. Go on. I think Birmingham might have been dragged into the mire as well. You never know. Another two weeks might have been awkward for them. Oh, interesting, interesting. The, uh, the, the, the Liberal. Another two weeks, our nerves. We wouldn't have had any, had any fingernails left. It would have been all fallen apart. You know, we would have crumpled into a heap in a corner somewhere, worrying about what the results would be. We, so. weren't, that, we weren't that nervous at the end of the season, though, were we? You weren't. There were lots of people around here. I'm looking at Mr Lane, Lane you know, particularly, yeah. who was really worried about the end of the season. You know, you were getting really, really worried about it. Yeah, you, you went white... You decided that you had to give up drink. <laughs> Draw your attention to something, actually. But anyway, we'll we move on. Ali. Fulham would have got automatic promotion. Oh, controversial. It's a good job it stopped when it did. Well, it depends on you know which side of the corner you are. Anybody else? A- anybody else? I need to. I need to come back at the liberal there. I'm, I, I got really nervous because we were so close to getting from to getting into the playoffs and the games became really really important to me and you know I was starting to wish away the last 20 minutes of a game we were winning and I was just looking at the clock going I want it to be over we went 1-0 up 
can we just finish this game now? So because it's nervous excitement. Then. Yeah, nervous excitement. And, you know, I, see, I, I don't think I've felt nervous much since we've been in the championship. It's, I've actually been calmer now than we were when we were in the lower leagues. But this year, well, to the, to the end of it, I felt there was we were we were pushing for something that we hadn't been in all season. We hadn't been in the playoffs and we were trying to get there. And it was tantalising. We were almost there and we, we didn't get it. But th- those last 20 minutes you're talking about, the beginning of the season, I was more nervous because we were giving away goals in those yeah. last 20 minutes. Yeah. And at the end of the season, we, we actually learnt our lessons. And I said to Robin halfway through the season, I went, can you see, we're starting to learn our lessons here, hold longer to the ball, give it a throw on, hold it away for a little bit, see out the game, kick the ball further away, make a hard tackle, do whatever you've got to do. So I was less nervous at the end of the season than those last 20 minutes, apart from Barnsley. Uh, Ilias, um, just coming to Cheltenham again. Uh, Cheltenham didn't start the season very well at all, did they? Um, I, 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 if you remember, just tell me, the season did it start a little bit dodgy? But but you picked it up and then you, you, you kind of got better towards the back end of the season, is that right? I think, yeah, uh, I think the team finished uh, better players than uh, last season. And uh, uh, before I go there, uh, they had some struggles. It was. Uh, Close to the last three, four. I can't remember. I can't really remember. But after we start playing really good football, and we start getting some good results, some good teams. So that's put us in the good place in the league, and it wasn't struggling for relegation. That's what I noticed. I mean, you seem to pick up some good days from the end of the season. So if the season was maybe two or three weeks longer, where do you think Cheltenham would have finished this season? I think you finished seventeen for something like that, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think. We still will not be like uh, near relegation. We'll be somewhere in the middle. Give us, give us a number. Tenth, uh, around there. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, just make it up. It's brilliant. <laughs> so listen, right, people around the table here. I just want to know this season here. What was your personal worst moment of the season? Hands in the air. Anybody? Just give it a moment. The Gareth, the Gaz. Yeah, just got to go for the obvious. The last ninety seconds at Loftus Road in the league match. I'm, I'm still traumatised. Explain what happened because some people that listen to this might not understand what happened in that game. <laughs> well, so I was just uncorking my champagne bottle, getting ready to celebrate. We saw Smith had come on. There was a little bit of a problem with him, but what was the score at the time? We were two 0 up. Everything. What was the time? This was in the ninety second, first minute. Everything was fine. I was calm. Ball goes into the area. The goal goes in. But okay, well they've got one back. Give him a little bit of a cheer. It's not going to happen again, surely. And then you saw it, like Groundhog Day. I'm sure I've seen this before. The game gone in and I was just crushed for about a week. A week? Only a week? I gave him a counselling number. I was absolutely crushed for a week. I didn't smile, laugh, anything. I'm getting over it, but you know, I'm still having those nightmares of you know, waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat and I realised it did actually happen. The Liberal Nick. My worst moment of the season was uh, walking away down uh, towards East Putney Station for the away Fulham game and hearing the roar of the crowd <laughs> as, as, as that Mopé goal goes in. Why is that? Just explain exactly. Well, because I had... I, I, if, You're not if, loyal. 
I was, I was, I was being very loyal to my wife. If I'd not been, if I'd not been, if I'd not been going, if I'd not been able to catch a train home that night, I would have missed a big family party. And sadly, Brentford couldn't actually um, kill the game within the regulation time. They had to wait to the ninety first. Regulation time. They had to wait to the ninety first or ninety second minute to score. To score ninety four. Thank you, Alex. To score the goal, and I missed it all. You know, missed it all. Missed, missed. the best moment of the season, you know. The Ellard. It's hard to top that now, but um, <laughs> do, do you know mine? And in a way, it was a, it was also a bit of a. I think it was a bit of a personal thing for. And it was Neil Mope um, at Cardiff when I was literally standing behind him, watching him. And when I saw him shape up, I knew he was going to miss what was basically an open goal. And and not only did I sort of realise that that was probably that game gone, but I also. You know, immediately I worried about how he would react to that. And I think in reality, it took him some time to come back from that. So the Malpe moment. Elias, you got any really bad moments this season? Has is, is it all been thumbs up? Uh, yeah, well, football-wise, it was... I think I'm, I'm very happy for the season. Only the thing I agree with the QPR game, it was 2-0 up. And the last two minutes of the game, they draw us 2-2. That was... Very disappointing for me as well. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Listen. So uh, no more. Oh, lady. Uh, Hull away. Um, I, I thought we were going to go there and, and win. That was one of those games where we. I thought that was a, a good test of us. Um, we played some good football. Went a goal up, and we ended up losing three-one, three-two. So uh, yeah. Poor Ali. Not County in the cup. Hugely, hugely, hugely disappointed because we lost one-nil, and we had a really good chance to get to the fourth round, get a decent draw, and it was just. And they went on to play Arsenal, I think, didn't they? Not to count it, yeah. And it was just, we should, we should really have annihilated them, and we just didn't. And it was really depressing. Yeah, just following on from Ali's point, uh, this isn't going to get all doom and gloom. But um, I had a pretty crappy Christmas where uh, my uncle decided to pass away on Christmas Day. It was a real shame. He it was a ma- yeah, decided to. He was a massive Pies fan, and. The funny the next game, I think the next game I went to was Notts County um, at home in the cup, and I could just see him sort of thinking in the background because he was a proper brumming, and he'd just see him thinking, yeah, "Well, that serves you right, doesn't it, for being an absolute little But yeah, that was a, so it was a quite nice sort of. It was a negative moment from a Brentford standpoint, um, but sort of quite nice that my uncle's team managed to get a win, and I saw that happen. So I took my uh, my work colleagues, my managing director, marketing director, everyone along to the Norwich game in the cup at the beginning of the season. And uh, we looked at the team sheet before it came out. The pub were going, oh, yeah, I'm going, right, yeah, Makocho, you know, this good, good little team we got out going in. And then Barbe skied that penalty that, that landed about last week. Uh, and, yeah, that was, that was up there. It was, it was awful. Uh, for me, I think it's uh, the Birmingham game at home because we, we only beat them 5-0. It should have been about 8. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, listen, what else have we got? Um, the personal best moment of the year. Um, anybody, hands up in the air. Oh, Emma. Oh, Gemma. Emma. Nice. <laughs> Gemma. Emma, Gemma. Uh, my personal best moment of the year and potentially my life um, was getting a full face snog from Buzzette on the last game of the season. That's right. Anybody else? The West Brook. I know it's probably an obvious one, but it's got to be the Birmingham home game. It wasn't 8 0, but it was one of those nights where everything came together. Probably one of my top 10 Brentford games. We played so well under the lights, the team we were playing against, all the people I go with were there, family and friends, everybody was there that night. 
it was just per- you came out the ground thinking it doesn't get much better than that for a Brentford match. The headwood. I said it last week on the radio, but Woodsy's goal uh, against Leeds just after his, his, he'd lost his, his baby with his wife. And you could see him running over and all the, all the team went over and he got involved in the fans. That, that was a big moment, I thought. And it was a good connection between us as fans and, and, and the players. Um, this goes back to a couple of weeks ago, actually, seeing Martin Allen and his, um, his reaction that the fans gave him on his comeback at the Besotted Social. Martin Allen, next Brentford manager, some of his stories were just off the scale um, and just having 200 people there and seeing his, his, his reaction to the, the feedback he got from the fans I think that was a personal highlight of, uh, of the season I think and just check if you go to besotted.com forward slash audio you can check out the podcast from the radio show last week the 10th of uh, I think it's the 10th of May um, podcast and we've got a little clip from the Martin Allen um, Martin Allen show from last week as well lawyers, lawyers on the case for the rest of it that's right? right we're still working on the rest of it we, we, can't, we can't actually say anything for this but that, listen to it very funny he talked about how he basically got a, a bullet in the post from a Luton fan who wanted to kill him um, before a match as you do so uh, that, that was very very interesting as well yeah um the, the Ristic. Yeah, one of my favourite moments. Um, it, it's right back to the early part of the season where we were, well, for want of a better phrase, struggling's, I think, the harsh word. I think we were playing fantastic football, well documented about the first six, seven, eight games that we were playing by the pleasure of being at Bolton. And it was our first win of the season, 3-0. Cracking win, spurred the team on and we went on to a great run. So that, for me, was like in previous seasons where I remember we were having a bad run. We turned up at Forest and won 3-1. And just to see the players lift their heads up, the first goal was always going to be key. What a great moment. The rest is history, as they say. Uh, for me, I mean, uh, I know it's, you might think it's very tin pop, but I don't care. I mean, especially the Fulham fans were tin pop, but Malpay in the 95th minute for me was just the absolute best part of the season because the fact is it's not wasn't the fact that he only scored the goal it's the fact that he kind of just it was like a series it's like you know it's like a box set you know what I'm saying you had Hotter in the last minute once then you had Hotter in the last minute again then you had Malpe in the last minute you know what I'm saying and it's like next season you know Sky will be putting out another box set you know what I'm saying <laughs> you know, that's right <laughs> which is which is good so that was so fantastic as well and also the fact is that it also kind of reiterated the fact that Fulham is a really great away day because we always have so much fun there as well and even though they tried to spoil the day by charging us 35 pounds we swallowed it just for the day and we enjoyed it not not justifying the money that they spent but I was actually very glad that I went to that day because it was absolutely brilliant anybody else um, swallowing it for the day which reminds me of a anyway we should move on from that one <laughs> saying, so, uh, we should move on to this as well what we want to know is um, what was your wankiest moment of the season it doesn't have to be Brentford at all it could be anything at all it could be anything in the Football League um, or the EFL or even the Premier League um, the Westbrook this is a Brentford moment and it's Birmingham again it's sitting in the departure lounge at Genoa Airport on deadline day realising half our team were, le- were, were leaving uh, and I'm sitting there waiting two three hours for a plane with that news coming in not a great afternoon at all wasn't the best um, the Robin Hood uh, f- yeah, sort of following on from Ian's point, um, it was the wankiest moment for me was sitting uh, at my desk at work and my jaw hitting the table when I heard Harley Dean utter the term, this team is ten times better than the one that got into the playoffs. <laughs> now, now um, I have never met Harley Dean. Uh, I probably, 
he's probably got as many brain cells as he has heads, to be quite honest. <laughs> Ten, just seeing, seeing that happen, and then the follow-on follow from that of Birmingham sort of plummet down the table, given the money they spent, given that they bought half our team, as, as Ian said, uh, and then when we beat them 5-0 fi- on the, um, one of the greatest days of the season, actually. Listening to Ian Holloway um, say that his team were going to chase us all the way round the pitch and, <laughs> and, and force us into making mistakes and it, it, they're going to make us do things that we can't even dream of. Um, you know. And what was the score? Uh, uh, we beat them. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it, sometimes people ought to just shut up, you know what I mean? Um, that Sheffield United goalkeeper when the ball's in the back of the net and he holds it up above so Ryan oh, Woods yeah, can't yeah, reach yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That is that's that that's that's, that's definition that's of wanky, that's, isn't it? So anybody else got a, got a sort of a you know a moment that uh, I'll go, go, come ahead. Well, I'm just I'm just comparing it. You know what I'm saying. Oh, oh, the, other, the other wanky moments every time those Fulham fans get those clappers. Oh out. yeah, the clappers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. They should be banned. So, so is that wanky or wanker? Both. It is indeed. Um, listen, what else? Um, tell you something. Um, we're going around the table here again. This is getting a little bit sort of not cryptic, but this is going to a, another zone. But I want to know who do you think is going to be most unlikely not? I, did, I said to be. I've got it wrong. <laughs> I know. So double, sorry, negative. Uh, double negative. Sorry. So, sorry. Most unlikely to be at Griffin Park next season. So who is most likely to be leaving Griffin Park next season? Elias, you're not going to be in this question at all. You know what I'm saying? We're just taking you out of this one. You know what I mean? um, well, it's Bieland, obviously. I mean, I've... yeah, isn't it? Oh, no, obviously, yeah, obviously it is. Let's, let's, take, let's take him out of the loop, though. Liberal Nick. I, I think it's going to be Chris Meppham. Um, and good luck to the guy. I mean, he has absolutely progressed long and hard this season. There were a lot of teams sniffing around him, I think, in the January transfer window. Um, and you know, on the performances that he put in for this year, as long as he goes, as long as he goes to a Premier League club, good luck to him. Um, and as long as we get a good fee for him, which I'm sure we will do. So good luck to Chris Mepham, and he's also going to, uh, you know, he's made his way into the Welsh international team this year. He's going to be a long-standing performer for whoever. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to just come back on this one here as well because I mean, obviously Chris Mepham, he played with Elias here as well. He played, like I said, to the game that we saw at Hillingdon um, against QPR only only a year ago. And yes, he has progressed in, in a very short space of time. But there's also an argument to say that maybe he should be, you know, staying at Brentford a little bit longer. You know, the old idea of sort of saying you've, you've done really well for 20 games, you must now go to, you know, Man United or something like that. For me, I would prefer to him to say, well, why don't you do another season at Brentford or a season and a half at Brentford, you know? Are, are, we, too, are, we, are we too forgiving? Not forgiving is not the right word, but are we too happy to just let our players go? No, I, 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 would, I wouldn't be happy to see him go. I'd be so, sorry to lose a good player. But you can see he is a really class central defender. And the one thing that is actually lacking, if you look at the England World Cup squad that was announced this, this, this lunchtime, actually what is lacking in England is really top class centre halves. And I think actually Chris Meppham has the ability to go all the way to the top. And it may be that somebody snaps him up. And as long as they snap him up for decent money, good luck to him. What we can ask Ilias is, you, you play with Chris Meppham a lot. What, what, what's he like to play alongside as a, as a central defender and you to the left of him? Yeah, uh, yeah, I played a lot with Chris Meppham. I think he's a really good player, of course, and how you see him playing. 
I think first team games uh, it helps a lot for your development, and that's what Chris Mepps Mepps got the games and. He developed a lot after these games, even in the play and reading the game. So I think the same thing with you. I think he would do really well and he deserves to be in the one of the Premier League teams in that age. He's doing really, really well as a centre-back, so I wish him the best as well. Do you find it inspirational that someone that can get into the Brentford first team within a very short space of time they're almost like transported to another level completely so it's almost like if you can seize that opportunity if you can get into the first team and you can make your name and you can and and hold your place then almost like the sky's the limit anything's possible of course anything is possible and just you have to believe yourself and i think what chris Mepp's done it give us all the belief that if you work hard and get the opportunity and do well and grab it with both hands, you can achieve it. So every, every young player waits for that opportunity so to do his best. It's interesting. We're still on the same subject here because I think it's very interesting. Obviously, I mean, you, um, you're from Greece. I mean, as you know, we, we both speak the same language, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Which is good. But we thought, you know, just, just as manners, we need to speak in English for our, for our guests around the table here. OK. And, um, you, and you, you, were, you, you were at um, Arsenal Academy in, in, in Greece. Is that correct? How, how, how did that work? Yeah, um, I used to play for my local town in Greece. Uh, and we have some tournaments uh, near my city, so it, it, it was a few scouts from Arsenal who came who visit Greece to build a, a, a new Greek Arsenal Academy uh, in Greece. So I was in that tournament, and they scout me from there, and then they signed me in the uh, Arsenal Arsenal Academy in Greece. So I was. I was living there for four years. I was playing for them for four years, uh, from age 12 until uh, 16. And when I turned 16, I came in England in the Arsenal training ground. I had some tournaments there as well. So I, was, I had good luck and I, I had a good performance there. Uh, and they gave me the co- for two years contract to move to England. Oh, okay, and so until so you played for Arsenal Academy, and just are there any players that we might or might not know who you were playing with at Arsenal there? In Greece? No, no, oh. no in, in London, in England. Yeah, um, yeah. Used at that time, I used to play with Alex Oyobi. Now he's break to first team. Uh, Rhys Nelson, Eddie Nketiah, Joe Willock. They all had um, chances with the first team. Uh, Ensley. Uh, yeah, and, and and obviously what's happened is that you I mean your time at Arsenal came to an end, and then you decided to join Brentford. What made you join Brentford? Uh, I had a, a big conversation with my agent as well, who knew Brentford very well, and he had some few players there, and he told me that it's very good club to develop yourself and. Uh, as a young player, I just wanted to play more games and be more in the near around first team. So he told me that you can be around first team uh, if you do good performances with the B team. So I was really happy and 
that's what made me to come to Brentford. And, and just tell us, what is the difference between the Arsenal Academy and the Brentford B team? Because that's, that for us is quite an interesting thing because any, any player they would think, I want to go to Arsenal, I want to go to Arsenal. But all of a sudden you're thinking, actually, I'm coming to Brentford and you've come to Brentford now and, and you're kind of, you're kind of like, you're, you're like a first team player in effect, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you're out on loan, but you're, you're there or thereabouts. That was my target before signing for Barefoot. Uh, my target was to come with Barefoot, uh, play some games with the B team and try break to, uh, to the first team. And uh, I think, yeah, uh, when, I'm, when I came to uh, Barefoot and uh, I played some good games and I have good comments for the coaches, uh, and they told me that I'm close to have my chance with the first team and I train a lot with the first team first team Scott and yeah that was really good cool for me to go so when you got your first team squad class that's when you thought I'm actually getting close I mean do you, was there no chance of that happening at Arsenal were you like so far removed from the first team how, how different is it yeah in, in Arsenal it was uh, really uh, really hard to break for the academy to break straight to the first team for us, like I was I used to play with under 18s. I play all the games with under 18s and a few games for 21s. But when you are in academy, in our academy, it's very good um, uh, education for your CV. Almost for your CV, yeah. Very good education, learning a lot of stuff for your first steps for your career. But after, my in my mind, I had I have to go somewhere lower than Arsenal and to be closer to the first team. So. Other people can see me play in more professional uh, stages. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we understand. Yeah. I've, got, I've got to say as well, a lot of people here have watched the B team over the last couple of years and they're very excited by you. Um, when you got your call up into the first team and when, you, when people realise you are a very, very good defender, a very, very good fullback, and we're looking forward to you being in around the first team next year. So next year is a big year for you. So listen, we've got a few more questions, but we need to go to the bar to get a few more beers. And, and Ilias is going to have a water. He's been, on the, he's, he's been a total professional here and he's on the water here tonight. We're going to come back a little bit and talk about more stuff about this season. And we're going to talk about Ilias and we're going to talk about Cheltenham. And we're going to talk about well, anything we want to after this little twang. So suitably refreshed we're back in here now. And we just thought we'd just finish off this little point here because we hadn't quite finished it off. As into, which, who won't be at Griffin Park next season. And the Gemma, you, you, had a little, you had a little bit of knowledge, didn't you? Well, yeah, I mean, I've got all the insider information. Um, my father-in-law, the lovely Where's John, John O'Brien, he was playing golf with uh, an individual who was good friends, I'm told, with a director of the football club. And he was absolutely certain and knew for a complete fact that already the club have had a £20 million bid for um, Ollie Watkins. So, uh, yeah, he'll be off then. Oh, sounds like a bit of a Bournemouth as well. A bit Bournemouth ITK to me, you know I'm saying? But that's a lot of money. But anyway, I mean, I don't think we can beat that anyway. I mean, I mean you, you were going to be talking about sort of like, are you thinking of going? Like you were thinking about sort of Terry Evans or something, weren't you? <laughs> Neil Smiley, actually. But um, no, it was, um, my, my thoughts were, and it's, it's a shame, to, it would be a shame to see him go as well. Players like Alan Judge and Luke Daniels and um, 
The other one was I completely Lewis McLeod. That's right. Um, three players, and uh, yeah, well, the, the, three players who are obviously very talented, but um, who are, have dropped out of first team action. I mean, Luke Daniels came in and sort of was supposed to be this, you know, competitor to Daniel Bentley for the number one jersey. Very talented keeper, uh, apart from his sort of little brain fart on um, last game of the season, which he again made up for. But yeah, players like that, that are fringe players that are, could get regular first team football at other clubs. So I think it's unlikely that we'll see all three of those guys next season but it'll be a shame interesting I'll bring Ilias into this as well because interestingly because we're talking about um, you talked about Luke Daniels but we're talking about a player who actually left Brentford for a year but you played against him a few seasons ago one of your old spars one of the play played in the B team with you Jack Bonham and he played for Carlisle as well and if I remember rightly it looked like he had a pretty decent game as well because you had lots of shots on target in that game but you didn't seem to be able to score yeah uh, I remember that game uh, it was re- really hard to beat him and he had very good game and he saved his team in a lot of chances and yeah I think he doing, he done very well there uh, for this, this season. And, and, and again, just coming back to the point about the you know the B team and then, and then the, the grade up to the A team because I know that when Bonham first went to Carlisle, he had a bit of a dodgy time. But to be fair to the manager, he he stuck with him for a bit, then he put him into the reserves and he's put him back in again. You played with him a lot. You played with him the B team a lot. How different was he now to when he was playing with you maybe about a year ago? Of of course, uh, it's big different. Like B team games with the uh, uh, pro games like League Two games is. It, it's very dif- different and the improvement is a lot. So how I feel myself after going long there and see myself improving, uh, I see him improving a lot as well in his oh, area. And what is it? Is it positioning or is it shot saving or is it his, his command of the area or is it his confidence? What is, what is it? It's everything. It's, it, it gives you confidence when you're winning games, when you're doing a good saves. Uh, every game it gives you confidence and uh, in, the, in his position and reading the game his kicks and everything every game gives you something every time you're playing so that's good to have a lot of games under your belt I'm not, I'm not I don't want to put you on the spot such as that, but seeing his improvement do you think that he'll be a player that he could be maybe on the bench for Brentford instead of maybe going elsewhere or you know or maybe he needs a little bit more time out on loan I've I, you never know. You never know. I, I, I really like him and uh, I wish him the best. And hopefully he will be. But I, I can't. I can't say really so. Well, You're he, not Dean Smith, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Let's move on from this. Actually, personal funny story. Anybody got a personal funny story out there? The Westbrook. So the Hull away game in December was my birthday. Uh, so me and my son did hospitality, did the works in the room. We were the only Brentford fans in the room. About forty people. Before the game, they had a quiz, table quiz. We won it. My son's prize was a Hull hoodie. They weren't that happy. <laughs> <laughs> After the game, the other thing they did was you had to I guess the attendance game. Went back in afterwards for sort of tea and stuff. My son was about 100 out. He was third, but he nearly won a whole shirt as well. Just completely <laughs> <set his name. laughs> Anybody else got a personal funny? Uh, the, the, the head would. One of my favourites in it of... Uh, as we all know, the many, many, many debatable referee performances we've had this season. The whole of Ealing Road has started screaming, going, oh no, that's the ref. It's... And Robin comes in with, ref, that is despicable! <laughs> and everybody behind it, their anger just turned to a little laugh and a little chuckle at, at Robin's comment that came out. It just That was my fun moment of the season. It made me laugh. Robin Hood. 
Um, for mine, it was, um, it's, uh, it's actually my dad's story. So uh, to Brentford, Bob, Bob Perry, um, credit goes to this. It was a game, I can't remember which one, but um, basically a fan in front of him at the Bray Mar Road was giving Romain Sawyers just all the criticism you could possibly imagine. So saying, you know, you, you know you're rubbish, you, you shouldn't be taking off Sabim Dean Smith, Sabim Dean Smith. He scored an amazing goal. I can't remember which game it was. Uh, and after all the, all the applause and all the cheering and all the adulation, this guy apparently just shouted... You should have done that ten fucking minutes ago. <laughs> and yeah, just I think that's just a wonderful sort of summation of the fickleness of football fans, and also the thick the cause of joy that remains always can bring to the team. Yeah, um, on the way back from Hull, um, we got on the train, and there was an amazing spread of cheese and and beer <laughs> and wine. It was it was a it was a, it was a thing of beauty. We we celebrated the game the defeat all the way back from London and there was there was two women on the train that Bill and I was two women that we, we was on the train that we were speaking to and uh, hold on hold on and the, the and the woman the woman was the woman had literally just clocked off from Debenhams and she was travelling back to see her son her son was living in London she hadn't seen her son for six months and we got her so drunk that she was ill all night in it, and uh, she didn't see her son. Oh, no, no. Well, actually, yeah, she saw her, no, she saw her son. Her son took her home, and then he took her to bed. <laughs> and that was it. It was quite funny. Gary? I think one of my funniest for the season was actually um, the last game of the season when um, a fellow Bees fan who um, works weekends gets everything arranged, changes shift for the final game of the season against Hull. Only for me to look on my Twitter feed and see a picture of him on the Saturday standing outside <laughs> an empty Griffin Park. Um, and the fellow, I'll narrow it down by saying that um, he's a fellow Grenadian. But, um, so I hope I'm not outing him too much, but um, that was a bit of a name goal. <laughs> Anybody else, any more for any more? Oh, yeah, go the Ristic. And it was very recent on the train up to Barnsley, uh, not more than uh, three or four weeks ago. And uh, we're quite happily sitting on the Virgin train out of uh, King's Cross. And Jeremy Corbyn happens to walk through the carriage. And oh, Jeremy, Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> oh, Jeremy Corbyn. And Bill's obviously taken quite a shine to him. And there was no way that we could resist the particular line saying... Um, Bill, you've always said keep politics out of football, but there was never any stopping Bill going to get a great shot of him with the Brentford scarf up in first class. No, I'm lying. It wasn't first class. He did get a seat this time, though. It was absolutely brilliant. He's a nice bloke, Jeremy. Safe standing. He's in the safe standing. In a safe standing. But listen, he's Marmite. Some people love him, public hate him. It doesn't really matter. He had manners, you know what I'm saying? And he spoke to me, even though I just gate-crashed his, uh, <laughs> gate-crashed his table, like you know what I'm saying. Um, any other for us? Sorry, Idias, anything funny that happened to you at Cheltenham this season, maybe? Like, you know, anything that a player might have done, not necessarily you, but somebody else, they've done something where they've turned up or what the manager said or done, which just made everybody just completely laugh? Uh, no, the only thing, I think, uh, it was when I came, the manager said, uh, we are both uh, short players, he's short and I'm short, so... I understand how it's to be a midget, you know. So that was that was. Uh, the manager said that. Yeah, it was funny because he, we are both short, okay. so he was understanding my games. I was, uh, I was thinking a lot, 
playing the League Two game because League Two football because I was sore, but he was like trying to joke uh, joke with me about my height. <laughs> so, is it, has anyone said to you in your career that you won't make it because you're not tall enough? Has that happened? They don't really say that you will not make it, but they were men's, they, they men's that only that they said that oh, you're a little bit short for of, to be at the back, for the back, because uh, we need top players to jump for the header. But that's why I'm proving. Right so, so I'm going to ask a question, but but is it is it not a problem? Is it pro- you, you tell me? Is it not a problem? Because sometimes we notice at Brentford, sometimes we, at left back we play a, a short player. Sometimes we play Barbe when he's tall, depending on who we're playing against. So, how does it affect the game? Or, or for you, does, do you think it doesn't really matter because you can jump as high as a fish anyway? Uh, for me, yeah. <laughs> that well-known high fish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, it doesn't really matter for me. I don't think it's a different play with short or tall player as a left back because you have uh, as a left back you have to go forward a lot and be quicker uh, at uh, attacking plays. So I think yeah, you just have to be good in the air and it's not a lot of times to be tall, but to have a good timing there when you jump and in your jump the timing. You know. You're you're very attacking left back yeah and it's great to watch you going forwards um would you rather play in a team that played three central defenders so that you could attack more than playing a team with two central defenders uh that was my position at the start when i first moved uh, went to Cheltenham, my f- few like my three games first three games was playing as a wing back yeah so yeah i really like it because it would as a player, I like more the attacking players than the defending ones. But it was, I think it was shooting me good, well, and uh, I was really happy to play that position. The level. Yeah, just let's not forget that one of the friends of the Besotted podcast, Iger Anderson, who's a cult hero to many of us, uh, you know, and Iger wasn't that tall a left back as well. And if Elias can have as good a career and uh, can perform as well for Brentford as Aja had it'll be a delight to have you seeing you in the first team Elias yeah. indeed 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 you know listen oh, triple indeed. that's right <laughs> that's right so listen let's go for the first best away day best away day anybody hands up uh, Burton away uh, all you've got to say is the Tower Brewery uh, which was which is a secret little spot that popped up when we went into the old heretic um, we're told to go to this tower brewery where there was a piano and uh, you kind of walk up to the bar and, and get served 250 a pint before the game. It was that, that was a secret secret little gem from Burton away. The Malali. Preston, because the atmosphere was just, we just sung and sung and sung and sung and sung and it was brilliant. We were there. Preston was always oh, every year. Preston, we keep Very telling people. Also, we keep we keep telling people every year. Just Preston, just book, yeah. just book Preston, yeah, Lenny. Um, I've got, I might say actually Middlesbrough because we actually went there and didn't lose. That was <laughs> that was that that was that was special. We played we played really good football that day. Um, again, we sh- we should have won. We should have we should have beaten them twice. And the lightsabers, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a good it was a good day out. Yeah, you got again. You got you got Preston. You got my borough as well. But also, I love borough because we went to the Orange Pip Market, which was basically the market, which is basically a massive market. Last day of the month, and we were lucky to have it last day of the month. And basically, all the bars, food stalls, everything like that, and the atmosphere was absolutely brilliant. So we got a double bubble, and Dundalk. 
Oh, Dundalk. Oh, no, oh, that's for me. Uh, yeah, Dundalk. Yeah, well, it was only two of us can say that. Yeah, it was a B team. It was a B team game. So it's like, it's not cheating, but it's just slightly different. Because as, as people said, how many fucking people come over to see the fucking reserves play on a fucking Wednesday fucking night? And we're like, we do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not going to say your, your Irish is better than your Greek. <laughs> Do you think? Do you think so, Elias? Uh, both, both are good. <laughs> hey, you're my man. Yeah. So, but anyway, so yeah, so that Dundalk trip actually was absolutely brilliant, and we, 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 we Brentford have got to do another mad B team away day on a Wednesday night because we'll we'll be there again because that was just just absolutely even tremendous. Anybody else? Uh, well, Kings Lynn, wait, no, hang on, wrong podcast. Um, Birmingham, I really enjoyed Birmingham because we had the nice curry beforehand, didn't we? And we was, you know, I got to see my mate and I was so super nervous before it because I thought, you know, they'd just given it all the 10 times better and all of that. And I was thinking, this is not going to go the way I want it to go. And it did, it was lovely. And we gave them shit for the whole game and then we won and it was beautiful. Everything was, was beautiful. It was absolutely brilliant and that, that's great. And also that was the first time we did a change and we went to Mickey Sings and they invited us down, about 30, 35 Brentford fans. And everyone said, this is brilliant, I'm going to tell my mates for next season. And he rang me about three weeks ago and goes, I've sold it. So he sold it. It's a pub which had a, basically a curry restaurant at the back and it was just really wicked and he sold it. So Beast fans, if you weren't there this season, unfortunately you've missed out on that one. It's an absolute um, classic it was. Um, the Ristic. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, wow, fight amongst yourselves. He's lost me, he's lost me. I've, I've totally lost my train of thought. Uh, the Liberal. Best away day for me, Griffin Park. Every, 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 every home game is an away game for me. You know, so it shows how loyal I am, eh? shows how loyal. It's just, it's just so rubbish, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? It is rubbish, yeah. It's absolute rubbish nonsense. Best away day for me, Sunderland, without a doubt, because we spent two day, two nights in Newcastle. Uh, there's no other way to describe it, really. <laughs> uh, not belittling the Sunderland. It, it, it was a game that we were always going to win, but as for the nightlife and the rest of it, it was never going to be in Sunderland. It, it was always going to be in Newcastle. An easy trip. Um, we're not going back to Sunderland next year. It's unfortunate, but... You never know. Let's see what happens. A game we were always going to win. The old presume. Uh, the Ristic. The, the Ristic. <laughs> the Allard. Not again. Um, uh, so not, not the best away day, but the most improved away day. Um, Millwall this season. The, the, the Brewery Mile, is that what it's called? Yeah. The Bermondsey Mile. Because um, most of this does revolve, let's be honest, most of this revolves, apart from Ali's answer, most of this revolves around beer. And, um, and the, yeah, the Bermondsey Mile brewery crawl was um was opened tremendous. up a, tremendous and opens up a whole new enjoyable experience of going to Millwall it has never been enjoyable it does and that is that is that is the truth it actually yeah it made things right Anybody, oh 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 it's a Robin Hood uh, yeah I just want to say uh, it wasn't Sherwood Forest Sherwood Forest uh, Griffin Park I think is better um the uh, way to Bristol City uh just not maybe maybe not the I mean the away end was not in good in terms of the hospitality shall we say a like cash only bar and yeah but the the performance like I can, I can remember vividly that performance, and we were for ninety-four odd minutes, unbelievable. And uh, there was that moment, there was that sort of moment where it hit sort of eighty, eighty-two minutes, and you think, 
we're not going to do it. We're just not going to get that goal. And then Malpe came on and just chucked it away bottom corner. So that, yeah. that was a really, really nice, pleasant away trip. It's really the, big, the biggest 1-0 win I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah like, like, talk about a 1-0 annihilation. Yeah. It really was that. We're going to go back to, and we're just going to talk about, we've done the best away days, the worst away days of the season. Anybody, uh, the Ristic? Uh, quite easy, this one. Leeds away. Uh, I've never spent so much money in my life to go for an away day. How much was it? Uh, just a fraction short of £100, but that was only for the match ticket bill and the train ticket. I had to get to King's Cross, and that's before I had a drink or any food. So I don't even want to think about what that day cost me. There was a precious few of us there. I think it was £39 for the match ticket, if I'm not mistaken. Please correct me if I'm wrong. It was exorbitant. It was extortionate. I don't know where they get off with this. I know other people around this table have had views on that. I just put wrote down worst away day anyone charging over 30 quid to get in um, so there's a number of them Anybody else worst away day? For me personally it was Cardiff because last minute my son pulled out the game I drove to Cardiff there and back on my own it rained part miles away and we lost and there was the Malpay miss and it was just a crap day basically Always, always Reading um, just always reading. Just I, I hate no, going. We, did, we we beat them this year, didn't we? No, we beat them, but just I hate going there. It's just it's 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 it's, it's near, but it's soulless. It's soulless. It's it's just it's just horrible. And the the pubs in the city centre are poor. The you need to get a bus there. Uh, it's just it's just rubbish. Anybody else in a poor away day? You're not happy either with the Headwood. Just uh, that the four hour coach drive and. Uh, Getting up there, the first 18 minutes we were great, and then watching this abject performance away at Barnsley. Oh, I said Barnsley. Coach. Oh, the coach! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, uh, yeah. Have you got the train? I mean, oh, Barnsley, Barnsley was one of the best away days for us, wasn't it? I, I have to curb my language, yeah. I was going to say coach, but I won't. What coach? Uh, <laughs> no, we, we sat on a coach, we were on we nine. Were on coach. We, were, we were on the one that there wasn't a fight. But all the, <laughs> there was the, uh, you know, in the, the videos, you, you press the video and it comes up with the sex noises you're not expecting. So we've left the Barnsley game and everyone's sitting there silently going, oh, we've lost. And obviously someone up in the rows of head pressed one of these videos and it's going, ah, ah. And the whole coach just broke down into laughter. It was quite brilliant. Fun. And then the coach broke down. Uh, and had to stop up and, and, and top up a windscreen fluid. And, yeah, but it meant, oh. it meant, but it didn't. It did. So, so the coach broke down bus, because yeah. it because That's it had a proper fun broke down because, <laughs> yeah, it broke down because it had no windscreen fluid. What kind of coach is that? Oh, no. uh, normally it's, it's like no petrol or you know or the brakes go. Yeah, no, yeah. It's strange. Pulled over randomly. Pulled over randomly. Ilias, this season, um, great games or, or bad games for you for, for Cheltenham? Uh, it was. Few good games. Which one? Uh, Anyone which is good in your in uh, your mind? Uh, Luton away. Ah, really? Because Luton, are, their fans are a bit crazy, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It was a good atmosphere. It was the fans was crazy as well. But I think as a team, like as a team, we had a good game there, away game. It was good, very good. Uh, Did you win? We we draw. We lost three two, but they score in the end of the. Yeah, no, no, no. Boo. Sorry, sorry. We, we draw to two, but they score in the end of the in the injury time. Yeah, right. like QPR style. Yeah, it was turning up as well that oh, game. No. Oh, no. Q- totally QPR yeah. style. Yeah. Blame it on McCormack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and what was a really bad game? One was just like, oh no, I'm just gonna forget that. Really bad. Uh, really bad was uh, commentary. 
Oh, at Coventry. No, no, home. Okay. What happened? Yeah, we lost five, five, uh, one, five, oh, two. Oh, that's not good. If I'm sorry. Yeah, it was a uh, really bad performance from the start. Uh, was it all your fault? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was all my fault, but... We well, some of it is your fault, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 come on, come on. You're, you're most friends now. I forget, I try to forget that game, so I, I can't really remember what happened the goals. Who fault was that? But, yeah, it was... Yeah. All right, okay, cool, cool. Listen, so, that we've talked about the, the best of the way days and all that, but listen, we're going to have a little chat with us. Ilias. First of all, I'm going to say Ilias. I'm going to say Chatty Theodorus. But you tell me exactly how do you pronounce your name? Because some fans have asked you, you know, how exactly do you pronounce your name? Hadji Theodoridis. Oh. So again? Hadji Theodoridis. Hadji Theodoridis. Very good. Quite that, mate. You know what I'm saying? So we're in there. So 18 games for Cheltenham. Zero goals, two yellow cards. They finished 17th this season. And you're very happy with this season, as I said. Um, did you know your manager, Gary Johnson, as he called you the midget? You know, I'd rather say you're, you're, uh, you're, you're suitably um, short like he is, as he said, rather than the midget, because I think that might be a little vertically bit... Yeah, vertically challenged, as we say. Um, he's the dad of Lee Johnson, which is the Bristol City manager. As you probably know, you knew that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did as well. But, so you knew that, but did you know that Gary used to be the coach of Latvia. And also, he was the coach of Latvia after the dissolution of the Soviet Union when Latvia gained independence. So basically, he was actually the first ever coach of Latvia. Oh, I didn't really know that. Oh, listen, you've not got the knowledge, man. You need to come on the podcast more to get the knowledge. So there you go. <laughs> so that's it. So when you see Gary next, just tell him, forget about this midget nonsense, you know what I'm saying? Because I know about you and the Latvia business, like, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So listen, but anyway, you played at Cheltenham with an XB player as well, Manny Onoresi. Yeah. Yes, Manny, Manny. So, and Manny decided to oh, leave and went to there. So, I mean, how was that partnership? Because obviously you, did you, you knew him from Brevard, did you? Yeah, we used to play in B team as well for him for one season. So, yeah, when I was thinking to go there on loan, he was there as well. So, he helped me a lot to... Uh, get started and uh, feel more comfortable in the team when I moved there. So, yeah, uh, we started playing a few games with, his, with him. So, it was uh, really good because I used to play with him as well before. But after a few games, uh, he had an injury and after that he stopped playing a lot. So, uh, yeah, it was... Okay, so I mean, it's interesting you play with an ex B's player, uh, Manny Aresi, but we've heard that you're also maybe playing with a, a future B player, uh, Mohamed Issa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I see a smile on your face. No, I don't even know anything. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. funny. Yeah. Okay, listen, we're not going to probe you anymore, but we're just going to ask you about Mohamed as a player. What is he like? Yeah, if he. Uh, he's very sharp and his finishes are very good as well. Every time I had the ball, I was try find him because he had the the more percentage to score with him, and of course he he got a very good few goals there, and yeah, I think he's a very good player and he got a big future ahead. Would, would, oh. he, would he suit Brentford? Would he do, do you think he'd do well at Brentford? 
if he was going to come, because we're not saying he's coming here at all, but we're just, okay. just wondering, <laughs> hypothetically. Uh, yeah, I think uh, all he needs a few few games to start used to the championship uh, level. And I think after that, he had the potentials to, yeah, to play in Belfast. Do you, do you find it amazing that in England you've got like this quality of football that goes from the Premiership down four divisions, so you can be in the in the bottom division, but you're still playing this like really good quality professional football? Is it? Do you do you find that amazing? Is it unique? Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's very good. It's really good uh, because as I compare that with quick. Uh, lower team uh, leagues, it's no, it's not in the similar level. Even here, league, league one, league two, the level is still high, and the young player can improve to be ready to move on. And uh, yeah, as, as I said, in, uh, that's why I, I like a lot of English football, and I'm very happy to be here and play football. And, and you can go to some like great little towns, and you go to little places yeah. all the way around the country. Yeah, you meet new places. I've seen England. Yeah, it's really nice. Cheltenham was a wicked place. Yeah, it was. It was really nice place. Uh, I like it a lot, and I enjoy it. And Lee, Lee Emerson asked a question about the Easter as well, and also Mushy wanted to know how you pronounce your name. But another person is Crum- the Crumble Chris, who normally is on the podcast. He was here last year, but he's not here today. And also Wilboy sixty five. They've asked, who's the toughest player that you played against in League Two and also the best player you've played against? Uh, I think the hardest one was uh, Akin Femo. Oh, oh. The beast. Yeah. The beast. Yeah. He's a lovely bloke, though, isn't he? He's really, 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 really good player and helped the team a lot this season. And, yeah, I find I struggle a lot when the, I played against him. So I think... He was the toughest player against play. That's weekend. And also, just quickly, Jake Ford, Jake Forsdyke 19 also asked, how did it feel when Brentford put four past QPR in the cup and fans were singing your name? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Uh, I, I think that was one of the, my happiest moments in the season and uh, play away to QPR and start that game and win as well. And... He, uh, listen to fans, not even in QPR game, even with Norwich and Wimbledon singing my name. It was amazing, and yeah. Ilias, ne- ne- next season, if I get your name on my shirt, can you get me a discount? Because otherwise, I'm going to have to sell my house. You know, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's good. Listen, listen. Um, so, uh, listen again. Um, we talked about the toughest player that you or the players that you played against as well. Um, I'm just wondering, or the, who's the toughest pl- team that you played against this season? The toughest team. Um, see, uh, I think it was Wickham. 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 Oh right, with, with the Sam Saunders and uh, yeah. you know, and, and 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 Marcus Bean and them. Yeah, and and why why was that? Uh, I think there was uh, there was pressing uh, pressing us high and high on the pitch and uh, we couldn't really find the spaces go forward and uh, be dangerous in them half. So I was uh, I was defending at that game. I was defending more than attacking. That's why I find it more harder for me. Um, what was the score? 
we lost uh, two nil. Okay. okay. And I'm just wondering in the B team. We're just coming back to the B team now. Who's the biggest baller in the B? Who's the, who's the, who's the most skillful player in the B team? You know, and the, just in a, in a fun way, not like you know, but just like does tricks and like. Uh, uh, that's a hard question. Uh, I think. Uh, Reese, no. <laughs> yeah, it was re- I can say a lot of names. Uh, Reese. Go on, go on, tell, tell us all. Go on, tell them all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Reese. Uh, Reese Cole, that is. Yeah. Reese Cole, Marcus Foss, and. Uh, yeah, really. Okay. That's good. And also, just who is, I was just saying, because there's always like a joker in the pack. Who's the biggest joker in that V team? Biggest joker. Uh, my opinion, uh, from my opinion, um, thing is Theo Archibald. Oh, is it? All yeah. oh, right, <laughs> Theo Archibald. Okay, yeah. And why that? Has, it, has he done anything which is kind of funny or just something that was ridiculous or taking somebody's pants and just you know, and they, they turn up in the dressing room and they've got no clothes or something like that and they've had to go home with, with in a dressing gown? No. Uh, I can't really remember exactly. He, got, he done a lot of stuff, so that's the name I have in my mind. He done. He's always like he's, he's traumatized you, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's just like he's just. You know, I can't think of it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Scared. So, but listen, let's let's come back to that Theo. Um, Ilias, thank you very much for that, which is all good, you know. And um, listen, we're in the um, Cross Keys Pub, and we are the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. We are the Besotted Crew, Hooray! and we're in the pub with uh, Ilias. Okay, and listen, we're going to just finish this off now because we have got a few more questions. We want to... No, you have got to ask, does it make you laugh when people just really struggle to say your name? What's the worst worst attempt? Was that the worst attempt? (laughs) Or has there been... I heard worse than that. Or does it insult you when people don't even try you know, it's just like Hatsi Theodoridis, Hatsi Theodoridis, Hatsi Theodoridis. It's a bit in the middle that. I heard people try to call me Dave, Dave, Dave. Oh, that old, that old chestnut. Ah, oh, the Dave. Uh, we can't pronounce his Dave, so we call him the Dave. You need to explain why, Dave. Dave, well, we had a player called Tumani Dia Garaga at Brentford about what, two seasons ago. And uh, he's a big fan favourite and everything like that. But um, when he came there, um, they called him Dave. <laughs> His name was Dave because they couldn't pronounce it Dio Garaga. Yeah. So then they thought, oh, let's go, all right, Dave, how are you doing, you know? Um, which, yeah, which does hark, and again, I'm not going to about it, but it does hark back to the sort of kind of uh, the 70, 60s and the 70s when um, people came from different parts of the world and they couldn't pronounce their names so they had to anglicise their names to actually make sure that they could pronounce them no it's history no yeah and that's 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 where that's where it did come from as I know because um, my parents came from another part of the world and they didn't anglicise their name because Charles didn't need to be anglicised because uh, (laughs) Charlie Charlie yeah that's right yeah anyway after the little break here the little twang we're just going to finish off with uh, this end of season these Pride of West London podcast So we're back in the Cross Keys pub with the Besotti crew. And Chatsy. That's 
right, man. You know, I just, I just got overwhelmed. That's what it was, like you know. So anyway, but listen, as we talked about, this is the last game of this season. Um, next season is a big season for Brentford because there could be the last season or last full season at Griffin Park. And what we know is, that I just want to go around the table here, is that what would you like to see Brentford do next season to sort of celebrate our last season at Griffin Park? Um, we've got the Robin Hood. Is putting an effigy of Martin Rowlands in the centre circle and lighting a match a bit too much? <laughs> I don't, don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Anybody else? One thing I would say is I'd like to see what a lot of clubs did with their old teams. Nice retro kit. Retro shirts, um, old and away dedication. I think that would be a really nice touch, personally. Gemma? I'd like to see us get promoted. But only if, but only if we can keep our dispensation for standing, have the first half of the next season in the Premier League standing up, and then that'd be perfect. If not, if we've got to sit down, then you can keep it. We'll have it another time. But that's what I'd like to see. A real, real big party. Which is good. So, so basically, you're you're saying that you know we were very close this season. Is there anything that we need to do, maybe that this season that we didn't do this season to ensure that happened? Not not, not sell yeah. half the team. Well, half the three players is not half yeah, the team, is it? One one third, no one third, no three out of eleven, thirty, twenty something. Not very good at maths, are you? Seventy four percent. Liberal Nick. <laughs> what? He's got no idea. Anybody else? <laughs> he hasn't got tractors, so he's got no idea. Anybody else? No, Keep Ryan Woods for me. I think he's integral. Yeah. Uh, I, I really yeah. think he's a key part of the team. Uh, anybody else? Would you like to celebrate the last... Uh, um, uh, the Westbrook? I think um, the company to, to, do, to have themes around games. I think there should be hosp- competition to win hospitality for two, three people every game, just to give people like, a tour of the ground, get a feel for the whole thing. Each game could be a special event, even more than it is at the moment. Each game throughout the whole season? Yeah, yeah. so you've got 23 games, so each game either have a competition or pick out two season ticket holders or two members, have hospitality and a, a real sort of special event at each game. The, the Ristic. And following on from Ian's comments, it, from leaving the old stadium, which is going to happen, is celebrating the memories that we've had from, mm, the, yeah. the fantastic memories that we've had from the old stadium, yeah. but also in balance with welcoming the new stadium as well. So how do we celebrate them? Uh, good point. I, one of my personal views is have a, a, a Vets game or something like that. I, I had the pleasure of meeting Terry players. Evans at the Bizotti do the other day. But also managers, and I'm sure around this table there'll be many suggestions of people what that we'd love to. Oh, <laughs> liberal. Uh, celebrating safe standing, because actually uh, it's really important that in the new stadium we can get safe standing in. If we can show that, you know, the Ealing Road and the away end as well, the Brook Road, you know, we can have safe standing Let's it, with, with normal terracing. Imagine a new stadium with safe standing with the, all the, 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 the seating arrangements as yeah. it Stands. Let's push for that. Let's let's make the club the forefront of being the campaign for safe standing in the Championship or the Premier League. Okay, and let, and let me and let me let you know that that is actually happening at the moment now. There's been conversations being had. FSF, uh, even the EFL are very much involved in that, which is all good. And I was even shooting some videos uh, a couple of weeks ago down at Charlton and all sorts of places. And Brentford are definitely at the forefront of this whole standing campaign, not safe standing campaign. Because if you say safe standing, you presume that standing isn't safe. Um, anybody else? I think they ought to introduce the um, same ticketing prices as they did in 1904. So, um, <laughs> so sixpence or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Threepence. 
Thropney bits. Anyway, let's move on. Anyway, let's move on. Anyway, so anybody else? So listen, right, I'm going to say, and this is a lot. Of, some people have done a lot of research on this, so we can't pass over this point. What player? And I'm going to say Brentford style, you know, realistic, not like, you know, trying to sign sort of kind of, you know, let's say Wayne Rooney, you know, even sign or, you know, Patrick Bamford or Vidra or something like that. But, you know, unearthing a player, would we like to see at Griffin Park next season wise? So, which player, you know, do, do a little bit of scouting and somebody that you've seen out there, you think actually you'd be really good for Brentford? I'm going to go, not to you yet, first, I'm going to go to the Westbrook. Got a couple. I've got uh, Jack Marius at Peterborough, who has scored 27 goals this season, 22 last season. Another Andre Gray. And what he's done is, like Gray, he's gone up each division. So you've got 22 for Luton in League Two, 27 Peterborough in League One. Sort of player that really suits us. The only problem is that the Peterborough apparently want five million quid for him. Um, but that is the sort of player I think we should be going for. If we had a regular goal scorer, I think that would tip us into the playoffs. People, were, I think we were talking about him a, a year ago. Actually, I think Brentford fans were saying, "Oh, we should pick him up." But anyway, the, the, the Robin Hood. Um, I've just been, just from recent memory watching uh, the two playoff legs of the League One, uh, Charlton v Shrewsbury is um, John John Nolan in midfield. Jonathan Nolan. Uh, you, mean, you mean Ryan you mean Woods? Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Woods. Woods. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Woods two point No, um, I just just watching him play. He seems like an all round midfield. He's got a cracking goal. Um, Charlton. Um, at Charlton. Yeah, yeah, the one at Charlton when it sort of like, you know, dipped it into the top corner. Fantastic player. I just think he looks a class act. Really like to see him play for Brentford. Ali? Uh, I've seen him play a couple of times when I've been down to see family in Devon. Jaden Sockley at Exeter. Yeah, who, yeah, 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 yeah. Who is a striker who has the gift of being in the right place at the right time when the ball comes in, the sort of balls we put in, and we're all going, why is nobody there? <laughs> He's there. The Allard is your moment. No, well, no. The, the, do you know there's two players I watch play non-league football who I always thought could fit into, and they're both now playing in um, League One. So I'd love to see one of them come to Brentford, and that'd be Erhunoz Tuma, the guy that used to be at Dulwich Hamlet, who was a. Uh, we was, talked about him all last season. Remember in the first, we thought we might have come there, but um, I think they had a look at him and, and wasn't quite right. I think at the time. And the other one is um, Jamal Lowe, who um, is uh, Pompey. He's now at Pompey. Um, he was at Hampton and. Um, at Hampton, I thought he was definitely going to play at a much higher level, um, and I still think he can make another step up to one more level. And the recommendation, I think, was made a bit earlier on as well. You know what I'm saying? The Allard, was it? It might have been. Yeah, there you go. You take, you take the credit, you know, Ristic. Yeah, a little bit left field. Ivan Tony, a Newcastle loanee out to Wigan previously and playing for Scunthorpe at the moment. He seems to come off the bench or start as a striker. You never know. We've been looking for strikers. Let's see, it's a bit left field, but you never know. Anybody? Oh, I, 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 I like Josh Murphy. We wouldn't be, probably wouldn't be able to afford him. It was him and his twin brother. His twin brother, I think, went off to Newcastle from uh, from Norwich. But Josh Murphy, particularly this season, he's actually looked quite quite tasty at Norwich. And seeing as they're pretty average at the moment now, it'd be good. But he's probably on about sort of kind of ninety thousand pound a week knowing Norwich and the money they play. But the other person is George Grant, who played against us for Notts County in the cup, and he played. He's actually at not. In, he's actually not in a forest. But he's got a Notts County and he's a, he's a good little player. He didn't score against us, but he scored, I think, about 18 goals for Notts County this season, uh, at least George Grant. And, you know, I don't know you know, whether or not Forrest uh, you know, is going to hold on to him, but he's definitely worth looking at. Um, I'm wondering, because you must have, Elias, you must have played against the George Grant. You play against the George Grant for Notts County? Uh I think, I think obviously you, you had him in your pocket, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. And anyone, so anybody in, 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 in Division 2 that you think, oh, tell you something, you're quite, other, other than obviously um, Mohamed, you know, who plays for you, but forget about him. But you thought, actually, you'd be quite an interesting little player. 
Uh, it was a few good players in League Two. Now I wasn't there for the whole season to know them like good and have a opinion for them. So I seen some good few players, but I don't really know exactly who. Yeah, basically, you've, you've given the, the information to Dean Smith, but you just you're not telling us. That's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm not uh, 100% sure. Yeah, that's right. It's all right, man. We know, we know. You, just, just, you can tell us afterwards, so, which is all good. Like, you know. So listen, um, Brentford. Uh, Brentford, listen, we, we've got a few awards going, you know, because we're leading to the big award of the season, actually. Now, we've got a few players. We say, who is the most improved player at Brentford? Any hands up? Uh, the Ristic. For me, uh, clear standout remains Sawyers, yeah. without a doubt. Uh, if you look at the beginning of the season... The press, the reporting—I I, I don't think it was—it was, certainly wasn't for me, but not so favourable. But remains touch and talent has, has only grown and blossomed under Dean Smith. I know he came from Walsall from him, but that is my outstanding improved player of the season. Ian, for me it's Flojo. I think when we signed him, he was a bit in and out, and the, the first part of the season he was in and out, and then from about October, November time, he was consistent. And now he's one of the first names on the team sheet every single week. Uh, the Robin. Um, just based on his, his debut against Norwich in the Cup and then where he's come from that, it's got to be Meps for me. Like To, to, to play, to, to be thrown into the first team. That's really Chris like Meppen, that. yeah. Chris Meppen, yeah. Chris Meppen, to be thrown into the first team <coughs> as such and improve as quick as he has, that would be my, my pick. Yeah, yeah Lord. Um, I actually, and it sounds a bit weird, but I actually think Anders Bjelland because I think he started the season as being a, a real bit part player, albeit that, you know, obviously he had a lot of experience and stuff. And really, I thought he became a rock as the season went on, and um, and I and I, I thought he, you know, he he suddenly looked, unfortunately, towards the end of his time at Brentford as the player that we always wanted him to be. Any, anybody else? Any, anyone for any more? Um, someone that he's kind of played thoroughly throughout the past few seasons as a bit part player, but Barbe filling in at left back. Mm. I think he's also really important to that team and someone we need to keep. Any more for any more? I've just got to, uh, the, the, the liberal knee. A late one, a, a, a late entrant, but Mope, who in the very in the final part of the season actually started to understand how to sort of, uh, uh, a score goals. Thank you, Gemma, but also but also to, to keep on defenders to, to, to avoid being offside. He knew how to he knew how to how to keep level with the defence but not but not be offside. Okay. And I reckon next season we'll actually see real improvement. Yeah. Okay, so Christian, we've got all we've got the nominations here. So I was going to say um, everyone who's nominated somebody, you just call the name out and then just put your hands in the air, please. So um the Allot. Um I said Anders Bjelland. So that's three for Bjelland. Um Mope, Neil Mope. <laughs> that's, one, that's one. That's one for Mope. Remain Sawyer's. Yeah. Four. Is that four for Sawyer's? Flojo. Oh, four for Flojo. No. Oh, six. six. You can't vote twice. You can't vote twice. <laughs> liberal <laughs> votes. He's voting all the time, isn't he? He's like he's spoiling his ballot paper and everything. That's right. Yeah, you can't vote you like that. Is that five? Five? Is it? Yeah, Mappen oh, <laughs> no, for me, but I think yeah, I'm the only one of that. Yeah, Barbe, Barbe for me. I, I think. Uh, uh, and, and the winner is Flojo. 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 Okay, interesting. Yeah. Must try harder. Uh, so that's the most improved player. Uh, now this is always an awkward. Actually, let's ask Ilias here. How how fast is Flojo? How how fast is he? 
Yeah, he he's he's really fast and his feet are very fast as well. One v one is very hard to defend because he's very uh, his acceleration is very quick and he's very good uh, player. Is he left footed or right footed? Because I like he plays so well with both. Yeah. When I'm asking, he always say I'm both way, so I will leave him <laughs> both way. Seen playing with both feet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so look, we've got that. The the most privilege. This is always a slightly awkward one, and as a player, you will also find this probably slightly awkward. So you're going to sit here thinking, "Whoa!" But you know, we love our Brentford players. We love them all. But sometimes you think sometimes somebody needs to just maybe just up his level a little bit because maybe he's a great player, hasn't done so well, or maybe he's not a good player and he could do better. Now, um, I'll go hands up, I haven't said anything. <laughs> the Must Try Harder Award. Uh, hands up. Um, I'm going to go over the Liberal corner first. The home crowd. We must. If you get those, those, those of us, those of us who go, those of us who go to home and away games, will know what the away support is like. The home crowd, I'm afraid, sometimes on occasions, fails to rise up. Okay, thank you, Okay, the next one. We'll see how many votes that gets. Anybody else? The Edward. Uh, not that I, I think that uh, Dalsgaard, not that he doesn't commit, but I think he could improve a lot. So Dalsgaard, okay. Anybody else? Ali Malali. The World Cup. Uh, Josh McEachern, because he has one fantastic game, and then he'll be, then he will be very substandard for the next ten. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Robin. Um, um, it would be Canos for me, um, just purely because he's so talented, but he needs to sort of play 10 good games in a row rather than have two good games and then one bad game. Canos for me. Josh McEpcrum for me, again, right. so, someone who just frustrates the hell out of me. Okay, we've done McEpcrum, I'll say Canos as well. Anybody else? Slightly, not slightly, very controversially, I think Marcondes because he came in with such fanfare and he's got, he's been good, he has been good, but I think he's still got another step up to go, which I think he can do if he's going to be half as good as the song's that we already sing about him say he's, he is now. Okay, so he, I mean, he's had a half a season and, you know, anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anyone? Anymore? Okay, so the must-try-harder award. So everyone just go around who's given the nomination and uh, hands up in the air. Um, Gemma? Mark Andes. It's just me, isn't it? <laughs> Home crowd. Okay, so, 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 so one, people, one each. People, one have, one people have their hands up, Bill. Just the Just Seven for Josh McEachern. Anybody else? Dalsgaard. Dalsgaard. Just one. Canos for me. Canos for me. Yeah, you were. Second choice. That's half. That's half a vote. Just in defence of Canos, I think he probably tries too hard. Oh yeah. Interesting. No, this is the must try harder award. I'm not saying he must try harder at. He's great. At playing better or giving, you know, putting in the effort. Try harder at being better across games, across multiple games, rather than having one amazing game. That's that's my. And, it was, and, and is that it? so? Is that's it? Is it? And it was, yeah, I think the key thing on it with a lot of these players isn't that they're bad players. It's the, no, I want to say no, no, no. Sorry, no, no. I think we're looking for consistency. Thumbs up. What we're looking for is consistency <laughs> from these players. Okay. So, so, so listen, must try hard award has gone to uh, Josh McEachern. Yeah. Uh, we, do we don't clap him actually do we? because it's not quite the thing that you clap no that's right. to be fair on, when, he's, when he's on his game he is brilliant on his game he's brilliant it's unfortunately his game doesn't 
that game doesn't come around often enough. Okay, all right, so listen. All right, so listen. We've read this all. We're coming to the end of the podcast now, but we need to have the final award for the Besotted Award uh, around this table here. The Player of the Year. Who is your Player of the Year? And obviously, he's got to go around and everybody choose a Player of the Year. And obviously, the, the person who they think is the best is going to win the Player of the Year. So, um, the Allard. Um, it's a difficult one, um, I, but I'll go Ryan Woods. Um, I just think he's been brilliant this year. I'm going to do a Liberal and say Woods and Bentley. No, no, no. Oh, come you, on. You, you remain and Brexit. Well, I'll go Bentley then. I think he's underrated. Ryan Woods. Ryan Woods. I'll go Woods. I think some players have peaked higher, but his consistency is level throughout the season. I think Woods, he dominates game after game. One of the best players I've seen in the Brentford shirt, Ryan Woods. Woods, he, and you notice his value most and he's not there. Mm. Woods followed closely by uh, Soyes and Bentley. No, the, the followers, no. OK. <laughs> um, Ryan Woods. Ryan Woods. <laughs> <laughs> Elias? Oh, yeah, he's out of this one. Yeah. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten votes, Ryan Woods. I think this is fairly unanimous that Ryan Woods brings the besotted around the end of season podcast player of the year. So it's hard to believe he is not skulls because he's not, you know, it's hard to believe he's not actually hard to believe he's not Nolan, actually, you know, I believe he's not Nolan either or anything like that. But listen, this is the besotted Pride of West London end of season podcast. I'm Billy Grant. We've got the Besotti crew. We've got Ilias. And it's been absolutely TV tremendous. Listen, check us out. We're going to have a little break, a little bit of a holiday. We're not going to come back for about a month at least. We know all the gossip, all the ITK, all We're the all knowledge. Like, most of us are going to Greece, apart from one person. <laughs> <laughs> we can't, mate. We can't even know this. It's the Windrush man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But anyway, we're going to be going away. They're all going to Greece. I'm going to Russia. Uh, I'll report about that all, which is all good. But listen, just... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) hopefully I'll see you back next month. Uh, Which is all good. Look, check us out. It's going to be the Football Blogging Awards and it's going to be live on Sky. Um, On Sky, just go on the Sky website and you'll see it somewhere about eight or seven or eight o'clock in the evening and you'll see that. Um, I think, of course, we win something, but if we don't, it doesn't really matter. But other than that, we've had a fantastic season. Thank you very much for checking us out. Thank you very much for listening to us. Thank you very much for... Please subscribe to us. Give us a big thumbs up. But as we say, end of the season... How do you say that in Greek? Come on, The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up 
about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.